That's right, you're checking out the No Red Cards Podcast. My name is Roger Sosa. You got my man, Manny B. Episode number four, man. We're here. Number four, right? You, you're looking was, at me. I was just asking the same. Is it four? Bro, it, it feels put like that glass down because you, you, you gave me the look like, is, is that Cheers. what? <laughs> you got me nervous, bro. I mean, come on, man. Number four. Yes, yes. it is. All right, and cool. and uh, really quick, thank you to all of our subscribers, our new subscribers. Thank you guys for making it uh, possible for us to do this. I mean, we really enjoyed you guys. We really enjoyed doing it and we enjoyed you guys listening and seeing those numbers go up. It's, it's really exciting. And Oh yeah, for sure, man. You know, we, we continue to get a lot of positive feedback uh, from clubs all over the city. Uh, definitely got a lot of uh, love uh, this past weekend uh, from a lot of uh, coaches, you know, asking, actually asking, Hey man, when are you going to put me on? I want to talk about this. I have everybody has so much to say, right? So everybody has their own versions of what they go through in youth soccer because youth soccer, it's, it's drama everywhere. And I've learned that, you know, from having, you know, buddies in California, having buddies over there in Miami, Florida, and up north, up south. You know, there's drama everywhere in this youth soccer space. So. Right. And, and that was exactly the point of the podcast. We wanted to hear from the coaches. We wanted to hear from the parents. We wanted to make this a platform for parents that didn't really understand about the youth academies and the youth soccer in, in their state. And we wanted to be a voice for them and ask those questions to the coaches. Right. And, and, and the owners, right? Like yep. what's your process and you know, uh, what are you doing for these kids and so forth? Uh, but with that being said, you had a big tournament that just passed. Oh yeah. And from the last podcast, we talked about, you know, things to get in the way of that. And you jinxed it, bro. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that question. And sure enough, I saw the forecast and I saw Ranko and I was like, damn, my boy got hit, but you guys pulled through. What was that like, man? Was that a little stressful for you? A little, man, you have no idea. So, uh, we had 475 matches scheduled, uh, the entire weekend from Thursday to Sunday, uh, Friday, got some rain, got some thunderstorms, got rain, um, and, uh, 91 games got canceled on Friday night that we had to figure out how to make happen. Um, and you know, I'm going to stop you there for a second, but for as a coach being there or parents being there, it's like, why can't you just reschedule my game really quick? You know, but you have to reschedule an entire field that's not being utilized. Right. Right. The complexes, the complexes, right. They're shut down. Uh Uh-huh. As parents or other coaches, you don't think about that's 91 games. 91 matches, correct. And we already had people, we already had players, parents already at all four complexes, ready to play at 5 p.m. We didn't get to start off at 5 p.m. We didn't kick off till like about 8.30, close to 9 o'clock. And we had to make a decision. I mean, talking with the ref assigner, with my scheduler, like, okay, we got to figure this out, guys. Because those are the three people that are going to make it. Myself, the scheduler, and the ref assigner. You know, those are my consultants that whole time. Right. And we're talking, we're already talking, trying to figure this out. But at the end of the day, you know, thank God, you know, the scheduler that I have, thank God for the ref assigner that I have, um, because everybody was thanking me. I can't take all that credit. Uh, it's those guys that really made it happen because as the schedule moves, the ref assigner has to move. He has to have refs there. And I think we did pretty well because I think only two games really got affected. Uh, some last minute moves that refs weren't at the field, but we made it happen. But at the end of the day, man, uh, 91 games got rescheduled and uh, the players, the ballers got to thank those ballers, the parents, because those teams that made it all the way to finals, some teams had five games within 24 hours. But 
everybody's response was, you made it happen. It's like what I talked in the last podcast. They just want to see you try. Right. Other tournaments would have thrown in the towel and be like, F this, we're done. Cool. You guys are getting 20, 30% back of your money. That wasn't an option. That was never an option uh, for myself with the scheduler, with, you know, the entire staff, my partners. We're like, we're going to make this happen. The only reason I was, the only place I was scared of was MoneyGram because MoneyGram is notorious for shutting down. And a lot of people thought tournament's done. No way is MoneyGram opening up back up. No way. If we would have lost MoneyGram, <laughs> we would have been done. But we were there at six in the morning. It's open. Cool. It got done. We put medals on people. We got champions and we made it happen, bro. So that's all that mattered. I'm sure as a team, you're like, God damn. I got to play three or four teams with three or four games within, you know, 15 hours. But I mean, you're, you're, you train for those days, right? You train for that tournament. So you deep down inside, those coaches didn't want to not do the tournament. They didn't want it to cancel because right. I mean, those kids are excited to be there. You know, the parents are excited to be there. The coaches trained right. the, the, their, their teams to be there that weekend. Right. And my scheduler, he goes, all right. He calls me up. Literally. This is what he said. All right, Mr. Director. This is your choice right here. Do I schedule three games for those teams that haven't played a game? They play three games on Saturday. And if they make it over, then they go to semis. I was like, no. Let them go in there comfortable. Two games on Saturday. One game on Saturday. And if they make it to finals, then mentality, the psychology the, the, on the mind. Kind of, you know, I don't want to say in a bad way, but kind of mind fuck them real quick. Right. Cool. Made it to the semis. Oh shit, but we got to play semis and we make semis. That's going to be three games. That's three games. On I'd Sunday, rather, right? I'd rather them be happy, excited, going to the semis and, you know, going to the semis, then paying the, after their third game and not giving them three games on Saturday. Is that a choice? Do you think you should like take a poll or ask those questions that, Hey coaches, is this an option for you guys or not? Not even on the table? Well, I learned something that, you know, that I'm going to put in place for next year. Um, and next year, uh, and I'll go ahead and put it out there. The plan is to form a committee of like five, seven coaches odd. Right. Right. And use them as a, when major things like that happen, a conflict. All right, coaches, what would you rather prefer? You know, and put it on the coach's hands as well. That makes sense. Consult with them. Right. You know, and pick them out prior because it's kind of like you're putting it on me. Okay, let's do it. But it is what it is, man. You know, so uh, we got through it and thank you to all those coaches, parents, ballers, everybody that was part of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I was there. I, I enjoyed the games. The, the fields were phenomenal. Phenomenal. I can tell you that. Right. The, the fields were great. Yeah. Um, uh, coach, I mean, refs were great. So right. and congrats and glad it worked out for you. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it ended up working out and, uh, grateful that it did grateful for the thing, because I mean, you get the emails of people or, uh, you know, cause at Friday I was the villain and the most hated person actually Saturday when the schedule came out. You know, um, because some teams had played 11 o'clock at night and they had to be right back up there at eight o'clock. So some of those teams were pissed. I got told that I'm never playing in your tournament again because you're not looking out for the better interest of the boys, of the players. But at that point, you're a team from Dallas. Relax, bro. I got teams from California, from Miami, from Colorado, from Chicago, from all over the country. I got to put them first. I'm not taking but if you were in the same situation, you'd appreciate that tournament lookout for you because of the investment. You live down the street, bro. You yeah. live down the street. It's not like every tournament I ask you to play within 16 hours or eight hours, seven hours. Right. 
It's the circumstances that got. And I was telling everybody at the Durham <laughs> Trophy presentation, I'm going to be the first tournament director that's going to be able to control the weather. Watch. <laughs> Watch me. You know, but it, it's just, and I was just being a smart ass about it because th- those are things I cannot control. But what I can control is getting together with the team, with my partners, with my scheduler, with my ref assigner. All right, guys, let's talk. Let's huddle up. Let's figure this out. That team can say, I'm not doing it again. But if they did the other two tournaments that were in town the same weekend, right. it would have been the same outcome. Correct. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it is what it is, man. We got through it. We, I was a villain. I was the most hated dude. But at the end of the day, that's every year that I go through it. You know, I get some of my coaches that I'm really cool with. You know, they get heated up because they get the pressure from their managers and their parents. And I'm like, bro, again, if there's a bad ref call, look at FIFA. They introduced VAR. Look how many times they got it wrong this year. You don't think a youth soccer ref is going to get calls wrong. They are. They absolutely are. So it's part of the game. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's part of the game. Yes, they're kids. You're given whether you think they're giving them a bad experience or not. Cool. But they got to learn that too. That the ref is sometimes going to cause them the game. Even professionals. They get ruined. You know, games get ruined because of the ref's calls. So start learning as a kid. It's, it's, it's okay. The kid's not going to be like, remember, their mentality from six years old to 12, five minute span. They're over it. That's it. Oh, yeah. They keep going it because guess who? The mom and the dad. Oh, because of that ref. What's that kid going to hold on to when he goes talking to his friend? Oh, it's because of the ref. Oh, that's what you're teaching the kid. But again, cool. Let's, let's just move on, bro. Let's focus <laughs> on 2024. We got through it, you know, because we got, we got our guest, you know, on the phone, you know, and today we're actually, we have our first guest uh, from out of town. You know, we're going to go all the way from uh, Texas all the way to Florida, you know, and uh, we've got somebody on the phone that uh, I, I met I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, about two and a half years ago, um, I went out, I flew out uh, to Miami. Uh, there was a tournament uh, called the Miami Classic. And um, I wanted to go out there and recruit teams. And I found out who, you know, who hosts the tournament. And it's a Miami Strike Force. And I got to meet, um, you know, the director who runs Miami Strike Force. And actually, who is part of the Miami Classic. So he introduced me to a couple of coaches out there and whatnot. And real quick, man, when I got to that tournament, I saw, I'm like, I think only North Texas has the parents that like to brawl, like to talk shit, bro. Like one of the first matches that I was out there, boom, hell broke loose with parents. And I was like, holy shit, it's not just the North Texas. That's the first thing that I saw. Oh, like they were going at it? Yes, they were going at it. Parents, you know, like they went at it. And, you know, the, you know, our guest, you know, who's out there is, man, he goes, I'm sorry you had to see that. I'm like, bro, this is nothing new to me, man. I go, at one next gen, you know, a, a club, one of the dads, since we're in Texas, like, you know, since they're allowed to carry, apparently he pulled a gun out. Okay. And I had the whole freaking Carrollton Police Department at the tournament. And that made the news. Too. And that made the news. Right. And since then, we've had to get the whole entire police department out there for the tournament because of that one parent. Yeah. You know, so I saw that out there and I was like, damn, it exists. So without further, I'd like to introduce, you know, Mr. Javier Prenat out of uh, Miami, Florida with Miami Strike Force and Miami Classic. What's up, sir? What's going on? What's going on? 
We just want to make sure we got the last name correct. Did he say it correctly? Yeah, he did it good. He said it good this time. <laughs> yeah, Javier Prenat. Javier Prenat. Hey, but I, will say, I will say that wasn't your first match. Uh, that actually happened to be a final. That I, I think I might have been the coach of uh, one of those teams. Bro, don't ruin my Hollywood moment, bro. I was just putting some Hollywood <laughs> to it, bro. Come on, man. Why are you making me look bad? We got to edit that part out, bro. <laughs> but no, seriously, man, I appreciate you you coming on and talking because, you know, they're here in, um, you know, here in North Texas, we always talk about the drama that goes on uh, here in North Texas with the parents. And, you know, I'm a big believer that, unfortunately, it's always the parents, you know, that are the biggest uh, instigators, the ones that push. And, and I get it. Why? Because they're the ones that are paying for a service, right? They're the ones that are paying for paying your club, you as a coach, you as a director to play on the club, uh, paying for the tournament. So they're looking out for their better interests. But at the same time, the parents are also the role models. And a lot of these kids see this. But, you know, so I, I want to get to know a little bit about how things are done in Miami, Florida with, with, with the club. Like, for example, let's start off with your club, how long it's been around. And, uh, you know, I know for sure uh, one big name has came out of uh, Miami Strike Force uh, was uh, Luchi Gonzalez, who happened to be uh, the old FC Dallas coach, coach right. also was the assistant head coach for the U.S. Men's National Team, and he is currently in, as head coach for San Jose. So he played, he played for the Miami Strike Force. So let's go ahead and get into it. Who you are, what you do, and what you're about, sir. So, I um, mean, you know, I'm the director slash owner of the club. My dad started the club back in uh, 89. So we're one of the oldest clubs in Miami. Been around for a while. Um, yeah, we, we've had a few names come out of our club. I mean, the current FC Dallas U17 coach, uh, Matty Asare, okay. is from our club as well. Um, Fafa Bacolt that plays for Austin. That's where I think, believe that's where he's at. But he played, I think, two years ago at FC Dallas or three years ago at FC Dallas. He also played in our club. Uh, we've had a few players, you know, make it and go and 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 have a decent career. Uh, you know, where again, we've been around for a while, so it's kind of hard not for that not to happen, you know, here and there. In regards to Miami soccer and the parents and, and the things that you were mentioning, I mean, what I've, from what I've seen, I've been, I've been coaching, I'm going on starting my 21st year of coaching. Um, and then I've been around at the club pretty much since I was born. And what I've noticed is the, the parents, like you said, the ones that spend the money and they pay and this and that, and they feel entitled. But most of the parents that are, starting these issues are generally the parents that don't know anything about the sport. Okay. They just think they know and they just scream and holler and they know absolutely nothing. So is that probably one thing that, that, that gets you on your nerve? It's like kids don't listen to your parents. Just listen to me. Is that what should be the, the way, the way it should be? hundred percent. I mean, I, I tell you this, I mean, the way I coach my kids from U8 to U18, whenever I'm their coach, I, I tell them very straight flat out. I mean, if you look at your parent, no problem. I take you off. You can sit on the bench next to me, or you can go to the other side and talk to your parent and tell them to start your to start coaching a team for you. That's go, at the end of the day, I might make the wrong decision. I might make the right decision, but it's my decision as your coach. You know, if you want to listen to your mommy and daddy, no problem. Have them coach your team. Coach, this is my my first time meeting you. Really glad, nice to meet you. I've heard a lot of great things about the club. 
I'm hearing a little Caribbean accent, a little, is that a little Boricua in you or what, what is it? Man, you, you done messed up, bro. Is, you it, is it South American? What is it? You're, you're on the West Coast. So, uh, right? there's, a, East Coast. There's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a big mixture Coast, in sorry. there. So, I mean, my mama's Cuban. Okay, there it is, right? And then my dad is Uruguay. So there's, you know, there's a, there's a mixture in there. So but, he cl- the but, he claims, but he claims Uruguay, though. A hundred percent when it comes to football, I claim Uruguay. <laughs> no way in hell am I claiming Cuba. So, so uh, uh, Uruguay and Cuban. How did uh, how did you guys end up in the in the football world in the soccer world? Well, so that's actually a funny story. I mean, my parents got together here in Miami, and whatever, and then uh, my you know there was a, a school for like two blocks, three blocks from behind my house that had an AYSO program. And when my brother was four, he's my older brother, um, when he went to go, my mom went to go sign him up for AYSO, and she signs him up, and then they were there talking, the, la- the lady that she's signing up with, and she's like, oh, we don't know if we're going to have this team because we don't have a coach. And then she goes, oh, no problem, my husband will coach. And then that's how my dad got into coaching, and then my dad's one of those people that doesn't do things half-assed. He's, if he does it, he's all in. And within a year, he had his AYSO B license and uh, B license. They used to have licenses for the AYSO back in the day. Uh, Then, you know, we went to the Kendall Boys and Girls Club. We created three teams out of there. That's actually where Lucci comes from. Um, And those three teams won the State Cup. And then that's how Strikeforce kind of formed. Um, And from there, it just blew up. I mean... My dad got all went all the way through, got his A license. I currently have my B. I actually just registered for my A. Hopefully they let me in. Um, well, hold so on, I'll stop you there. Of, I'll stop you there. Hopefully, why? Why? Hopefully, is it? Is it? Well, are you saying that loosely, like politically? Hopefully, no. It's it's it's, it's a rigorous uh, process now. So for the A's and B's, it's, it's no longer you register and you're in. It's you gotta apply. Um, they go through the list. I mean, because you have hundreds of coaches that are applying and they can only let so many in. And for example, if a coach is at an MLS next club or a USL club, uh, a USL club, or, uh, at an, at an actual Academy, you know, an MLS Academy there, they'll get first priority. Why, why is that? I mean, so, if, if, if you've got a coach that's got, you know, uh, you know, a, a team that's not affiliated with any academies that, you know, just a team like your dad started. Back in the day, why would that guy not be first? You know, why is he going to get bumped down? It's not that he's bumped out. So, I mean, I understand the system. It's it's at the end of the day, you want your um, best coaches coaching the best players. You know what I mean? So, if I'm at the MLS next level, I I should have my A. You know what I mean? Because I'm 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 there trying to get these kids to the next level too get them into their MLS program. So I, I understand that aspect of it. Um, you know, usually like, you know, when people talk about, oh, I got my A license, I'm coaching a U18 team. At my club, I try to get my coaches with the highest licenses to coach the little ones, not the older ones. You know, I think we got to start from the ground up. Um, but I think once they get to that high level, you know, that high performance environment, you want to have your best coaches there. So I understand that. And I, I got no problem with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, it's something that I, that I understand and, 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 you know, it is what it is. Do I want to get in a hundred percent, you know, but if I don't, there's always, you know, there's always the next round to try to get in. 
That's right, you're checking out the No Red Cards podcast. Roger Sosa, my man Manny B. Today's guest, we got Javier Prenat, all the way from Miami, Florida, with a Miami Strike Force. All right, so Javi, um, okay, we, we talked a little bit about the licensing. Now, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, uh, the, the select world in youth soccer over there on your part of the world. Because here in North Texas... Market value for a kid to play select, you're talking about, and I'm not talking about the little ones. I'm talking about 10 years old, 10 years old and up. You're talking about $3,500 uh, for a kid to play select. Uh, you've got coaches that actually do this for a living, you know, and are making some pretty good money uh, coaching. Uh, you know, can you, you know, can you share behind the curtain on your side of the world on all that, how what it costs a kid out there to play select and, you know, these coaches, because some coaches here in North Texas, they make crazy, crazy amount of money. And I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I'm not saying that at all, but I just want to compare the markets. So I'm just curious before I answer that question, <laughs> if they're, if they're paying, if kids paying 3,500 bucks to play for the season, is that including the coaching fees or is that not including the coaching fees? Yes, that is, that is including the coaching fees, league fees, okay. um, and uh, the, the kits. But that does not include our tournaments. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not far off, it, honestly, because I know I, I did some, some research because I also won a league as well. And I did some research on that classic league you guys have in Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that, that classic league is quite expensive to play in. Um, it's almost, I think $5,000 per team, roughly, Yep. you know, fall and spring. So if, if, if my 3,500 bucks is including that, I don't think you're far off from Miami. I mean, we don't have, most of our leagues cost 150 bucks, 200 bucks max for the season Damn. per team. And, you know, uh, you're talking about, you know, an average club you're looking at between 1800 so about maybe 2,500. Some clubs include the uniform. Some clubs don't. Um, and then also tournaments are separate from that as well. That's I'm, I'm wondering if that has a lot to do with, with the cost of living up in, 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 in... It's expensive to live in Miami, though, Exactly. Bro. 100%. Right? I mean, that's got to be... I've gone over there. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, would, I would think at some point that those costs would be a little lower just because of the cost of living. And I know that I mean, because... And I know that because my partners bitched me out when I went out there the first time. I had like $2,000 in Uber fees. <laughs> I didn't rent a car. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I had to throw it out there so they can be like, yeah. yeah no, I mean, look, there's, there's areas, you know, like I'm, I'm assuming the Dallas market's the same. You know, if you're in a, in, a, in a more affluent area where there's more money, that club is generally going to be more expensive than the club that's in a, in a, you know, in a more median demographic, you know, so it's. It, it kind of depends where you are. Depends on what what your club fees are and stuff like that. Coach, coach, you've had your your, your club for, for for quite some time. Me and your dad started, you know, back in the day. How do you guys go across the number one question that pops up throughout this country all the time, which is the pay to play? You know, obviously you guys have uh, fields and so forth that you got to pay for, but how do you address that? And what is your thought on that? Okay, so I'll answer that question. And anyone that debates me. They don't know anything. They have no idea what they're talking about. Anywhere Ooh. in the world, everywhere in the world, you pay to play. Now, in the States, it is more expensive. I'm not going to debate that. But everywhere in the world, unless you belong to a pro organization, you are paying to play. Any club, any little club from the neighborhood, like how what my club is, 
what the, the, the Texans are, what Solar are, um, that's in, over there in, in Texas. All those clubs are, are neighborhood clubs. I know that they're, those are a lot bigger than the ones we have here in Miami, but they're neighborhood clubs, so you're going to pay to play. If you belong to the FC Dallas, Inter-Miami, um, Red Bull, Union, uh, Seattle, Galaxy, LAFC, you're not going to pay. Same thing if you belong to the real Barcelona in Madrid, in, in, uh, in Spain, if you belong to Madrid, Villarreal, if you belong to uh, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Man City, if you're part of those true clubs, you're not paying. But I guarantee you, you ask the, the neighborhood kid, and he's on the neighborhood team, he's paying. He might only pay 100 bucks for the year, whatever it is, but he's paying. Well, I, I mean, uh, I will tell you, FC Dallas, and, and that's because I know some of the coaches there, to play in FC Dallas, unless you're on the academy team, you do not pay. That's what I'm, I'm, refer, you know, I'm yeah. referring to only academy. I'm okay. referring to only academy. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that way everybody yeah. understands. Correct. I know FC Dallas has its club and then it has the academy. Correct. If you're in the academy program that belongs, truly belongs to the FC Dallas pathway, you are not paying. So now, you know, and, go ahead. No, no, that's it. I'm just saying, like, you know, you're, you're not paying to be part of that. But the, uh, but the Miamis, like you said, that they don't play because they're part of the academy. The littles are obviously paying, right? The little ones the, as they go up. If they make it to... No, so, Correct. So I, I actually have a player that I coached last year uh, that made it out. Roger. He was on my team at Strike Force, and he this year, this past season, played for Inter Miami, and he paid one hundred. He was one hundred percent fully funded player. He didn't pay anything. Every player that belongs to Inter Miami is fully funded. You know, uh, same thing. Every player that belongs to Orlando City fully funded. Again, hey. Orlando City is like you guys. Orlando City has a club. Apart, and then they have their academy program. The ones that are in the academy program are not paying. And that's mostly the MLS teams, right? Correct. Yeah. I think all MLS teams are, are, are fully funded. There might be one or two that are, aren't completely, but at least some of their ages are, like the national ages, like U19, U17, U15s. I know, and I also know there are some um, neighborhood clubs that, you know, some of their teams are also fully funded because – They've been able to either bring in sponsors or with their fees, they you know they get some of the fees from the from the, the parent that the kids pay in the younger ages, and they bring that money up and they fully fund certain ages as well. Coach, talk to me a little about about your your philosophy with with uh, with your with your with your your team. Is how do you explain to your coaches and and how do you guys develop the youth these youth kids and and what are you teaching them and preaching to them about about you know the fundamentals. I mean, so philosophy is one of those things that it's it, it's in Miami. It's it's a difficult thing to do because we have a lot of guys that are coming from Colombia, from Argentina, from Brazil, from Chile, you know, from Europe. Uh, they're from everywhere, and they all have their different styles. Styles? So, he means egos and pride. That's what he means. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not referring to the ego people. I'm referring just to, just the different styles. And and I would say that you know. It's it's very difficult as a club to get everyone to fall into the same line. Um, so one thing that I do at my club is I give everyone kind of a structure. You know, this is what we're going to follow. You coach it your way. Um, but I, we, we always try to do – we're going to try to build out of the back if we can. If we can, we got to go direct, we will. 
um, because you got to have different options. You can't just play out of the back every single time because if you do, you're not really developing. You know, all those guys that think they're just playing out of the back every single time is development. It's not. You're just you're just training robots. You're not training players to think for themselves and figure out the puzzle. You know, soccer's a puzzle. Every moment, every every step, every touch on the ball is how to break. How do I break down the, the, the opponent? You know, if I got the ball, what can I do? Is is my player off the ball moving to give me support where I can either break a line or play back and 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 rotate the ball, whatever it is. You know, is a player running behind someone where I can play over top and find them in space? You know, those are all things that that happen in the game. So our, I think our job as coaches is to teach the players to 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 solve the puzzle. And I think too many of us coaches go, oh, I like the way Barcelona played from 2009 to 2015. So we're going to teach that. Or I like the way Man City plays. So now we're going to have our outside backs stuck in. And some of them don't even know why the outside backs, why Pep has the outside back even stuck in. He just, they just know they do it. So they're going to do it. You know, um, I loved what I thought was funny was a few teams started playing a 3-5-2. And then now all of a sudden, every youth soccer team was playing 3-5-2. I was like, guys, these are pros. I mean, they're playing three in the back because they got three studs. You have uh, three Billy Bobs, and and you think you can play three in the back, mm. you know? So it's, it's I just found it funny. Uh, a lot of teams doing that, but them them doing that, those are the directors and coaches that kind of forget about the fundamentals and developing, right? I mean, because at, at youth that small, I mean, is it in your eyes as a director? Uh, good at developing to start playing that young three in the back or it, it makes well, no I mean, difference it's relative i mean you I mean, we're talking about three in the back you could be playing three in the back at, at u11 right i mean i i saw some teams in your tournament at seven v seven playing three in the back and i was shocked mm. i mean again that's just me my, my thought process i'm 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 attack-minded, so right. I want as least amount of defenders as I want possible. So I, I would play two in the back, maybe two in the middle and two up top, or two in the back, three in the middle, one up top, you know, whatever variant of that, or even play one in the back, four in the middle. I mean, whatever. You can, you know, we can think of any different variant depending on, on the players you have on your team. But I saw people playing three in the back with the seven on a 7v7 system. Coach, which, you're talking about... I, I wouldn't do it. You, you mentioned 7v7 or 9v9, right? 11v11, that's a little different game. The kids at that point should know where they should be. But on a 7v7 field, you know, for example, um, should the coaches at that age, at 7v7, which would be U9 or, you know, U8, should they be worried about adjusting or just worried about uh, the kids learning their positions and, and so forth? Neither. Just worry about the kids having fun. Mm. I mean, why, why, why is winning so important at U7 and U8? <laughs> what are you talking about, Mr. Pranat, of winning? So that we shouldn't keep scoring all that, uh, right? Are you, are you saying, no. that, are you saying that there's parents and coaches that chase trophies? Are you saying that? 100%. Not I in Texas, so not in Dallas, Texas. I don't believe you. I said to some, of your, to some coaches in your tournament. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to knock them for doing what they do. That, that's on them. I, I don't really care. Everyone's everyone's motto is their motto. I mean, I'm, but to me, at U7, U8, to me, every single player, whether it's a final, a semifinal, a group game, they're playing at least half a game. I don't give a shit what the score is. 
You know what I mean? Like I've seen coaches like a kid makes a bad pass at U7, screaming at the kid, take him off the field. Put him I'm like, what are you doing? Right. The kid made a bad pass. How about letting see if that kid can has the character or the personality to dig himself out of that bad pass after you've just bitched him out? Yeah. Not just take him off the field. Can he dig himself out of that hole? Is he is does he have that character? We're trying to build human beings, not just soccer players. I mean, so that's is, just me. Is your philosophy? So are you saying? Your squad right now, if you had a solid 2014, 2015 squad, would you travel across the country for them to play? Or you no. wait later? No. What for? Really? What for? Oh. Just I, to see if what they're being educated is working. Okay, now, ask you this question because I had this discussion I got I got attacked by some people from Cali saying that I don't go to I don't go to West Coast <laughs> tournaments by 2015-2014. And I go, you're right, I don't. I go, I stay on the East Coast. Why the hell am I gonna fly five hours to play a tournament with seven and eight-year-old kids? What are, what are they getting out of that? Do I want them to play different competition? Absolutely. I could just drive to Orlando for that though. I don't need to drive. I don't need to get on a plane and fly five hours for them to play different competition. I mean, let's be real. How many kids, you 2014s, 2015s, 2016s, are going to be playing soccer by the time, but still playing soccer when they're 12, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old? Do you think they'll lose that when that coach is constantly yelling and and pulling them off? 100%. 100%. Look, I, I'm going to give you an example of the team that I'm coaching this year. I'm coaching a uh, 2005 U18. And, you know, this is a team that I that I, that I took over this year because, you know, I, I have a philosophy in my club. Coach only has them for two years and they let them go and whatever. And and there was no one else to take over the team, so I took it over. I had coached these kids before when they were U8, um, so I knew most of them. And the coach they had – the past two years was always on them, always on them, always on them. So they were constantly playing with pressure. This year, I don't talk during my game. I write down my notes. I bitch them out at halftime if I need to, or I, you know, give them the information I need to give them in, in during. But I don't talk during the game. I my screaming and my yelling and my and my intensity and everything that I give them comes in practice. That's my job is, is Monday to Friday. Saturday's a test. Can you figure out? Can you figure out to solve the problem? You know what I mean. Like these coaches are all about. Like, yeah, I want to win games too. I took my, my team. That team went to Dallas to the, the the Dallas Cup. We had a game against a team from South Africa. They beat us. They were better. A team from California, Oxnard. We tied two two, and then we lost to Solar, a game that we could have won. But it is what it is. We don't put the goals away. They did. We lost two one. You know, and I was, but I was very pleased with the three games, the way my team played. And, you know, and the one thing they can tell you, you can ask any one of my players, they felt this year they were playing without pressure. They were just playing like if they were having fun again, you know, they weren't, no one was putting a gun to their head. They were just out there playing, you know, and that's, and to me, that's one thing that we should be doing at every, at every age group. Coaches need to learn to shut the fuck up and just let the kids play. Mm-hmm. 
Boom. Man, I, I agree. That's, that's true. <laughs> You're checking out No Red Cards Podcast. You got my man, Javi Prenat, out there in uh, Miami, Florida with uh, Miami Strike Force, uh, our guest today. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at No Red Cards 10, the number 10, or you can email us at No Red Cards Podcast at gmail.com. So, uh, Javi, let's get into another uh, subject. So, talking about that, parents, and, uh, you know, the screaming, the yelling. You know, what I have seen here a lot is, um, you know, obviously, we've had two guests, coaches, and they have both admitted, you know, from big clubs, uh, they both admitted that uh, it's a business. At the end of the day, it's a business. And what I have seen here uh, happen a lot here, Javi, is a lot of these parents are not making the right choice by choosing, one, their coach and choosing the club they want to play for. I see a lot of these parents making choices. They're chasing trophies. They're chasing medals. They want their kids to win, uh, take them to winning teams. Uh, do you see that happening a lot? And, you know, they forget you guys are there to develop, right? Because the, the people that use the word coach, I mean, yeah, coach, coach, but soccer, you got to develop. But I see that here and I don't have a kid playing select, but I see all the movement and I have friends of mine that, take their kids, and I'm not going to say his name, but I had a buddy of mine call me and ask me for advice. He totally went the opposite way what I told him. I said, bro, you got to start looking out for your kid, developing. Uh, he said, no, well, my wife, she's the one that wants to win, blah, blah. I go, I know. But if you're that kid and you're those parents that continue to hop around club to club, 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 you put an X on your kid because these coaches at the end of the day do talk to each other. And he did the opposite. I told him, bro, trust the process. Wherever you're going to take them, trust the process. Don't base your decision because that's a winning team. Trust the process. Get your kid developed because there's going to be a certain age where he's going to need that IQ. He's going to need that, those skills, that development, you know, but do you see that happening over there on your side of the world? So it's funny that's uh, my dad has a name for those parents. He calls them the prostitute parents. <laughs> <laughs> they're they they hop club from club to club to club. Um, it's one it's the joke he always he's always said. Um, look, I mean it, it happens everywhere. One thing I did notice uh, when I was in Dallas is I, I feel that the Dallas, at least from my experience, is very coach centric. Um, I'm not saying in the training or in the development or any of that, but I think that it's like if I'm if I'm the coach of X team and I want to go to now a new club, I go to the new club and then I take my whole team with me. Like if I'm if I'm always carrying these kids around and I coach these kids for six seven years, are they really developing? Even if I'm the best coach in Dallas or I'm the best coach in Miami. Am I really helping these players develop if I coach them for six, seven years? I'm asking you that now, Roger, before I answer the, your question. No. No. So then why, why, why is that happening? I can tell you in Miami, if I, if I take a coach from your club and I, and I inherit him and I bring him in and he's a coach of a 2007, I guarantee you he's not coaching 07 in my club. He'll either coach two ages up or two ages down, but he won't coach that age group. Because I don't want him to bring his players. Right. If those players come to my club, they come on their own, not because of that coach. That coach is not going to coach them. 
See, and that's because at, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is in tomorrow, if I get your kid into college, you don't get to pick the coach. That's the coach. You ain't changing him. The college can change him, but you're not. So you need to be able to be adaptable. You know, like, and that's the one thing I noticed that I saw in Dallas. It's very coach-centric. The coach, no, this is my team. No, it's not your team. If you're Avanti, if you're Dallas Texans, if you're Miami Strikeforce, if you're Solar, whatever club that team belongs to, that team belongs to the club, not to the coach. Mm. I mean, that's the way I look at it. But see, the I've, coach is an employee of the club. But see, like I've seen when a coach makes a transition from a club to another club. I'm not going to say most of the time, but I've seen it happen a lot. He takes the whole team with him because guess what, Javi? That's his paycheck. But again, my, my or there's this. a buy involved. If you if you're if you're the director of a club, and I come to you and I'm interested in co- in, in coaching at your club, and you hire me, are you hiring me because I'm bringing ten players with me? Or are you hiring me because I can coach? <laughs> I, I've seen both things at clubs, man. I've seen it. But there both you go. So, so that's the problem. That's the problem. And we ha- mind you, we have that same issue here in Miami. It's not just a, a, a situation you have in in Texas, but you know I can tell you for the most part. Most clubs, most, not all, because there are a few special clubs here. You know, uh, most clubs, if a coach comes in, they generally don't coach that same age group. They'll coach another age group. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it's 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 not about bringing. Yeah, of course, it's a business. It is. Me as an owner, I'm telling you, it's a business. Right. right? It 100 percent is. But there's an ethical way to do business. Mm. So how, how do you know as a parent that you have the right coach? If you are a parent and a year ago you guys were very successful in leagues and tournaments and a year later has gone by and you guys are just getting blown by, how do you know that's the right coach for you or is that coach doing something wrong or, or you know, is it the kid? Is, I mean, how do you know you're at the right spot? Well, I mean, that's, that's a, a loaded question. Because the answer to answer that question, I need to know: Am I playing the same division from one year to the next? Are because you? if I was successful in Division Two, and the next year now I'm playing Division One, I might not be as successful. Right. If you're playing in the same but division. If I'm playing in the same division, and I'm not being successful, and I'm getting blown out the water, um, and I have the same kids that I had last year. Then either two things, either one of two things are happening. Either the coach is not really a coach, or the coach has nothing left to teach the kids, and the coach, and you just gotta change coach. But the way I look at it is just because you change coach doesn't mean you gotta change club. I think that's something that the club needs to do internally, which is why I tell you, no, no club, no team, no coach can coach a team for more than two years. Mm. Because then you create that, like where, where Roger was just saying, where that coach leaves and he takes his whole team. It's not the, the team doesn't belong to him; it belongs to the club. You know, if the if those players, if those guys want to leave, they'll follow you on their own. You don't got to bring them, but they. But I guarantee that coach, yo, you're coming with me, right? On the phone, 
So from, I mean, from, it is what it is. from experience, you have your seven, eight, nine-year-olds, and then 10, 11, 12, you know, and then they get to, to young adults. How many transition of coaches should they have? Because yes, those kids need to hear another voice. They need to hear other thoughts on, on how to, on how their brains process right from different coaches. So if, if, if to answer that question in an ideal world, if I could have things my way here in Miami, they would have a different coach every age group. A U9 coach, a U10 coach, a U11 coach, a U12, 13, 14, 15, and so on and so forth. That would be the most ideal thing where they specialize in that age group. You know, you go to eight, uh, FC Dallas and your U14 and your U15 and your U17 and your U19 coach, those guys aren't moving age groups. They're staying in the, their age group. So if I'm the U15 coach this year, I'm inheriting the U14s. If I'm the U17 coach, I'm inheriting the U15s. That's the way it works. And that's the way it should work. But that's in a perfect system like you have in in an academy program. But in a a non-academy program, in a a true club, youth club, um, I, I would say if, you know, if a kid starts at U7, he should have a coach, U7, U8, U9, U10, another coach, U11, U12, another coach, 13, 14, another, 15, 16, another, 17, 18, another. You know, and, and I'm not saying that the coach he had at U11, U12, he might not, he might get that coach again at U18, 19 or 17, 18, because the club move, you know, as they move, they move things around, you know, but he shouldn't stick with that coach every single year. See, you know, one thing, uh, it leads me to this question, Javi, when the two years that I've gone over there and uh, gone to the Miami Classic and the coaches that you've introduced me to and the people you've introduced me to and even talking to you, um, you guys don't have a problem. You guys are okay. All the coaches, including yourself, the kid that you just talked about, I'm assuming that was Roger and I got to see that kid. If that's the kid that you're talking about, you know, yeah. little monster, like beast. <clears throat> Javi right away was cool saying, yeah, he's, he's going to go to Miami Inter. Yeah. I'm like, you're cool with that. He goes, yeah. Why, why wouldn't I? I've already maxed out the resources that I have. I'm not going to stop that kid. Not only did he say that, but a lot of Miami coaches here in Dallas, Texas, oh, you're not going to hear a Dallas Texans or a Solar or any of those guys say, we're going to feed them. It's okay for them to go to FC Dallas. Like, why? I, I don't because know. I told you, it's coach-centric. It's coach-centric. They're about themselves. They're not about the kids. Because That's what I was telling you. I, and I know, and, and you know, and we've talked about this. I mean, and again, I'm not choosing sides, but at the end of the day, FC Dallas's academy is still considered one of the best, you know, in the nation. It is the best. They, they continue to produce... Not just professional players, but international players. So yeah. here, I have never heard any of the top clubs here say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give them the FC Dallas. I hear, we heard uh, Kevin say it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking bad about him because, yep, FC Dallas stole my players. And it's like, okay, hold up. Because that's one issue that I have, Javi, of, of coaches saying they stole my players. You know, I, <laughs> they're not your players. But even me going to California, they're cool saying, yeah, they went to LAFC. They went to LA Galaxy to their program. But here in Dallas, holy shit. It's like for them to say that they're okay 
to go to the academy to the only pro team that's here in Dallas Fort Worth because Manny your son is in here I'm sure his his dream is to become a professional player you as a dad you're going to advocate for him to make sure what program is going to get him there right right Right? right, so who's the it's, only? It's called Miami Strike Force. <laughs> you know, all but, right, let's partner up, coaches. Do it. <laughs> you know, but again, I've I've gone to both the East and the West, but just here in Dallas, and I'm and, and guys, coaches, you know, I love all of y'all, but for them, I have never heard none of these clubs say that they were okay going over there, or or them saying they don't say it. They just say they took. They stole my players. I just have a problem. I got, with even, I, got, I got a better one for you. How about this one? All right. How about about 10 miles away from me, I have an MLS Next Club. Not Inter-Miami. It's a regular MLS Next Club. I don't have that program. I send them my best players. <laughs> that don't happen here. Send them my best players. <coughs> but why, are you not, why don't you have an MLS Next uh, team? Uh, because we just, I mean, we didn't have one way back when, and I mean, we had the opportunity to get it and my dad turned it down. <clears throat> I don't want to talk about that. Um, we'll keep moving on. <laughs> um, but it, it, it was one of those where I didn't have an, we don't have an MLS next. So I look at, you know, the club downstairs, <laughs> I have a very good working relationship with them. Why am I not going to help this kid get to the next level? You know, I mean, let's be real. You go to, you go to, besides the Dallas Cup and probably Jefferson Cup and maybe a few of the EDP tournaments in Jersey, there are not many showcases that you go to that are stacked with college coaches watching. There, 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 there are very few and far between the tournaments that you go to that you see an absurd amount of college coaches. And even at the Dallas Cup, I mean, I was there this year, there were a lot of coaches, but there were a lot of games to watch too, so they couldn't get to all the games. Where are the college coaches going? They're going to those MLS showcases. Maybe right. even the, some of the ECNL uh, National League showcases. So if I'm not going to be able to put my player in, in front of the eyeballs that he needs to get to the next level, why am I holding on to him? Those what justice am I doing that kid? Right. Those so if everyone everyone in Texas, I was here, oh, I develop, I develop, I develop. Okay, cool. Development is also letting that kid go and see if he can make it to the next level. You don't have to hold his hand the whole way. Right. That's true. I mean that if you're developed, you did your job, pass him on and see what happens. See if you really developed him. Is he really playing? And and those and those teams reach out to you to obviously right to see if you've got you know if they need help in a certain position. They no, actually, I reach out to them and I go, listen, I got a six, I got a nine, and I got an eleven or a two or whatever that I think could definitely play on your team. And they'll go, okay, send him out on Wednesday. We're gonna play a game. We'll play a game, or they'll schedule a friendly with my team. <clears throat> we'll play. And and we'll go from there. I mean, Roger, you saw a team I coached last year, that U11 team. Yep. That U11 team right now is the entire U13 team of that club that I'm referring to. Coach, how does that make you feel when that kid goes over there and they say, Coach, you did a great job with him. He's going to fit fit in perfect right here as a six. How does that make you feel? Is is that like, 
Man, I, I, I did my job. You did your job, right? It's a huge accomplishment. Of course. Yeah. 100%. Listen, I, I have kids that were at my club. You eight or you four, four years. As a matter of fact, there's a player right now at FC Dallas, Malachi Molina. Okay. Plays on the U17. And uh, when I was just there, I heard he also played a few games for the reserve. Malachi Molina started at Strike Force at four years old. Hmm. And Malachi, um, he played you uh, four, five, six. Then he went to a neighboring club because we didn't have something for him at that moment. You know, the dad wanted the kid to play, and the way we run our rec program was a little bit different than what he liked, and, and that was just fine. Um, and now he's at FC Dallas. Yeah, I know that I didn't do all the development for him in my club. But I know that my club had a, had something to do with his development. I'm very, very proud of that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe the next club he was at did a little bit more. No problem. I give them their credit too. But I, I know that my club did something for that kid. I don't think you, you can know? find and, one club in few, DFW few, to do that. They would say... There's a few, three or four times that I've been there and I've run into him and his dad and... The dad always comes, says hi, great, you know what I mean? Like grateful, you know, the, the, it was, you know, and I, if he hears his podcast, you know, hi to you guys. I hope, I hope Malachi keeps, you know, balling off. Right. And I hope to see him in FC Dallas jersey at the first team soon. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's, it's just so much, you know, that's out there, right? Of, you know, and Manny just said it, you know, it's, it's, Every coach is looking for a different player. They know what player they're looking for, whatnot, right? But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, there is some coaches, the directors out there that do feed to FC Dallas. I know some coaches that they coach for a certain club. But they know, they say, you know what? You're at a different <coughs> level that this team is right now. So I'm going to refer you to this bigger club that has, that's competitive. And they're honest about it. They know, these coaches know that this kid has a bigger level than his team is. So I know coaches that have referred him, and he's part of a club. These coaches are part of the club, and they don't sit there and say, come over here and lie to them because they know that kid is at a different level, right? So there is some coaches out there. There are some things, but when it comes down to club, it's, it's rare that you see it. I mean, I'm not trying to put everybody on blast or whatnot, but that's the truth. That's what I've seen, at least what I've seen. Um, and I don't know every moment that goes on, but I do know I hear from most of the clubs here in Dallas Fort Worth. FC Dallas stole my players. FC Dallas took my players. You know, it's kind of like, stop crying, bro. You, 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 you got all these trophies. Continue developing these kids. Stop crying. Start all over. You know, it's like professional teams do. They, they start all over and they recreate the foundation. So do that. That's what you're getting paid for, bro. That's what parents are paying for, a service for you to develop their kids. Shut up and on to the next one. If he went to FC Dallas, he went to FC Dallas. He went to Solar, went to Solar, went to DKC, went to DKC, wherever he went. You know, and that's one thing. And I'll have this conversation with coaches when I'm sitting there drinking, you know, and we go back and forth. I'm like, man, whatever. I'm just telling you because they're seeing it from their end. Oh, I want all the best players. I want all the best. I'm going to do this. I want this. For what? So you can go put another trophy on your case. So you can put another medal on your case. This weekend at Next Gen, there was coaches like, 
I don't keep the trophy. I don't keep the medal. I let the kids have it. This is theirs. The way it should be. The way it should be. And this particular coach, believe me, he has plenty. But he, and he was out to his coaches on the stage. Coaches, I don't keep the, I don't keep the trophies. The kids, they get to spend days and they just rotate it with him. They keep it at their house. It's about the kids. The it's kids, about the kids. Yeah, they he doesn't take it home and put it on his shelf. Oh, look at me. And, I, and again, I love all you guys. That's who you guys are. I'm not knocking you guys, but that's just my opinion. If it makes you feel good at the end of the day and you want to be like, drop it on the table, that's all you. I'm not going to lose respect for you, right? But all right. So real quick, uh, uh, Mr. Javi, uh, let's talk about uh, Miami Classic. Uh, I know you're going into, you know, uh, your fourth, no, your fifth year, right? Yep. You're going into your fifth year. Um, you know, Miami Classic is one of the partners. And that's how I met, you know, Javi when I went out there to Miami. You know, we we just hit it off um, and uh, asked him how we can partner up, how we can work together. So, you know, our U12, U13, and U14 Platinum Champions on the boys' side got to go, the champions are going to get to go play in the Miami Classic this December. You know, we're taking care of their tournament fee and all they got to do is take care of their travel arrangements, right? But just, I got to plug the Miami Classic up because of the fact that I've gone over there and you've got the affiliates from PSG, from Juventus. You've got all sorts of people playing out there. I mean, I went to the Miami Classic. There were celebrities, kids, celebrities walking all around and celebrities, kids playing on the teams. I was like, hey, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Hey, it's like a, a regular day out there. You know, you see all these celebrities. I'm like, hey, that's so-and-so. He's like, yeah, that's so-and-so's kid. I'm like, damn. Yeah, that's when LeBron was in Miami. LeBron was out here at the tournament, you know, and, and out there just hanging out, playing in the leagues, you know, but it's, it's a growing tournament. And, uh, you know, and I, I, and I will stand behind it because, you know, there is some great competition. This past year, um, there was three teams that went, but only one went, represented Next Gen Cup, and it was Avanti, Avanti West. Uh, they went out there. And, um, it was funny because in that age group, there was, it was number one, number two, and number four ranked, you know, in the nation, in the country, in the country. And they happened to be there from Miami and Avanti West landed in that group, in that bracket. And I remember being out there and, um, you know, some of the coaches were like, (laughs) ah, you know, scrappy, they don't look good, you know? And of course I was over here yeah, where are they from? They're from Texas. Apparently they're from that big tournament in Texas, blah, blah, blah. Ah, they they don't look like they can ball. And, of course, I want to say, hey, man, don't sleep on this Texas team. Don't sleep on this Texas team. Cool. Well, they ended up going, and they balled out. They ended up winning the championship. They won the Miami Classic. So they won next gen. Nice. They got to play free at Miami Classic. They won Miami Classic, and they got to play next gen free. Because the champions from Miami Classic, they return it. They get to play free at next gen. So it was a great venture for them, right? I mean, this year they didn't make it out of their group, but just to go out there and represent, you know, those champions, those Texas, because, you know, so for you guys that are in California and Chicago, all over the country, you guys need to look up Miami Classic, you know, because We're calling you out, We're calling them out. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you, you, you got some ballers, as he said, you got Colombianos out there, Argentinos, you got people, you know, from Caribbean, South America that have got ballers that are known to ball, you know, and they're out there playing. And it's some great soccer that you see out there. And the weather is just phenomenal. It's beautiful. You know, it's it, I, it's in my books. I, I'm going the third year. Coach, I was waiting for you to sell it, Coach, but 
Roger over here just sold it all. I, I mean, <laughs> talk about I the talk about I, the I, tournament. I, didn't say nothing. <laughs> talk, I, I gotta advocate for him, man. I, 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 because I, I've seen it, and, and I and I always tell people when they want to be part of next gen, when we're trying to get sponsors and they don't want to, I'm like, come out, live and breathe it, see it for yourself, because we can only talk. Right. Javi can only talk so much about it, you know. And you know me, I don't like bragging about what I have going. I just talk about it. Come check it out. So. I know I did it for you, so tell me <laughs> coach, something I don't coach, know. Tell me about the tournament, why it's so special. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you what makes it really special is the name. Um, this, is, this tournament, the name, it was started by a Jamaican guy way, way back when, when I was probably six, seven years old. Um, and the Miami Classic back then, I mean, it was full of international teams. Legit coming out and playing. Uh, teams coming from Jamaica, from everywhere. You know, they, they were Europe, uh, South America. They were coming, and, and and it was this, you know, this monster. And then that guy just disappeared and ran off and stopped doing the tournament all of a sudden. And then a few years ago, I got together with some people, and we were going to go, hey, we're going to run a tournament. And I go, we're going to call it the Miami Classic. You know, I'm, I'm bringing that name back. It, it was a tournament that that meant a lot to the people. A lot of those guys that knew about this tournament are coaches now. So like they know what that name means, you know, and, 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 and so it's, it's something that I think it brings back the nostalgia. And, and if you, you know, if you look at what our, our logo, our logo is, is that typical Miami, you know, Miami vice feel to it, you know, 80 style and and you know that that's kind of the theme we went every, for every, and every time I see that Miami logo that the Miami classic I've seen it it just reminds me of like two live crew and that booty music days <laughs> yeah man that's what it is that's what it is that's what it's all about that's right so, you know? and and so tell us the, tell us the ages uh, boys and girls the ages and you know what the dates and all that good stuff. So the dates, now I got to pull out my calendar here. <laughs> see, I know the dates and you don't know the dates, man. See, that that's horrible, bro. Because you got it written down on a piece of paper in front of you. You don't know my heart. Yeah, he does. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's the Thursday, December 7th to the 10th. Yep. Of, of and December. Then, uh, yeah. And then... Um, it, it's we have all ages. You ate all the way to U uh, nineteen, boys and girls. I will say the truth: girls don't always fill up, so some ages get merged, or just some ages don't happen. Um, but for the most part, boys. I mean, we're, we're stacked. Um, you know, we we don't do the same format that you guys do, where you do sixteen teams only, and then a semifinal or final. We don't do that. Um, we try to minimize it so it's the, the, the groups go straight to final. Um, I know that we did that with your tournament last year, and, and a lot of guys weren't happy with it with that U12 red, gold, and U12 blue, gold. And they're like, how come I'm in this one and they're not in that one? And blah, blah, blah. Like, I know coaches, just coaches are special. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but one other thing, uh, it's you talked about all ages. Um and yes, let him know how many. I mean, in four years, man, he's going in his fifth year. He has over three hundred teams. Wow. In his yeah, tournament. we had uh three. I believe it was like three forty, three hundred forty teams this past this past tournament. 
So is it about the numbers for that, or is it just about good quality soccer for, for, for families to enjoy? Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm a transparent <laughs> person. It's both. Okay. It's business, It is a fundraiser, for, you know, for, for the clubs that are involved. And, okay, and so it's multiple so clubs. Let's be, no, let's be real. Let's be real. There's D2, D3, so your silver, your bronze teams, or as uh, Roger did in uh, his tournament, gold and silver teams because uh, he didn't like bronze so he just had to make platinum <laughs> he made it um, a point <laughs> <laughs> so you know the second and third tier teams those are really the teams that really fill up your tournament you know in 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 the most part i know in rogers it's different because roger has kind of a cap and 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 he's built a very good tournament in terms of bringing in top quality teams um but for the most part the tier two, tier three teams are the ones that really fill your tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, for those teams, I I, I would say it's it, it's about numbers and, and bringing the thing. Uh, one thing we are trying to do is we are trying to recruit the number one through ten in the country, um, especially U thirteen to U sixteen age groups for the gold. Um, we happen to have a lot of those guys in Florida. <clears throat> for all those Cali guys who were talking shit to me the other day. Um, Florida's got the most uh, top teams. What? Um, but yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go ahead. <laughs> hey, God Soccer's got the numbers. It's not me, man. You can't, man. Don't don't believe. Uh, don't believe God Sport. God Sport. Ever since, ever since Listen, the Russians hacked God hacked Sport, yes. it, it's 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 all over the place, bro. Don't go. Don't don't, don't be tripping on that, bro. This is uh, no red cards I, 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 podcast number. Four, right? Yes, We're on four, man. We're just going to keep going. Thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, Coach, really quick before you go, we really, we really want to thank you for, for coming on the podcast with us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Really quick, if somebody's going to move to Miami or moving in the area or somebody's in Miami is listening to this, tell them about your club and tell them why your club is, is, is what really develops uh, these kids and, and why they should come see you. Uh, I mean, if you're coming to Miami, definitely Miami Strike Force is one of the clubs you want to check out. We've been around forever. We've produced qual- a lot of quality players, and and we'll, we'll be straight with you. We're not going to lie to you. We're not going to tell you some shit that isn't true. If we think your kid's ready for the next level, we will move you to the next level, whether it's with our club or with another club. Um, we're not about holding players back. You know, We're, we're going to do what's best for you and your kid. All right, sir. Well, we appreciate the time. You're checking out No Red Cards Podcast, episode number four. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at No Red Cards, number 10. And uh, you can always email us as well, questions, coaches, directors, uh, former players, players. If you want to jump on as a guest, please reach out to us. Uh, email us, no red cards podcast at gmail.com. And uh, like Manny said, uh, Javi, thank you for your time. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you in December. Um, you know, I've already picked out my swim trunks already. You know, they're going to be nice and tight. You know, I, I might, I might get in the speedo, man. I might be in shape by then, bro. And, 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 you know, make it happen, but appreciate the time, Manny. Manny, why are you looking at me? Why, 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 why? No, I, was, I, think, I think you freaked him out with speedo, man. You freaked me out with speedo. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I couldn't get the image out of my, my head. I'm like, All right. Until next time. Yeah, we're thank out. you. We're out. Bye. <laughs>